Hey, y'all. Happy 2019, and welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I connect you with people and resources so we can remind you you're not alone. And this episode number 229, I'm welcoming Priscilla Schreier to the show. You know her as a Bible teacher, speaker, author, actress, and mom to three boys. Here's a little bit from our conversation. So it's just a continual juggling act. I think we tend, Heather, to look at other women and go, oh man, they've got that all together. I wish my life could be balanced like that. And no, 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 no. It's a continued matter of going, okay, what? What's next? Okay, who grew up a year and they're in a new sport now and this one's taking on something else and this one's now got a challenge in school. And I mean, it's the constant realigning of our life to God's plan for us in this season because it keeps changing as the new seasons roll in. A constant realigning of our life to God's plan. I think that you will be encouraged to keep your eyes fixed on what God has for you and your motherhood and your ministry and your life after listening to Priscilla share with us today. She's giving us a pep talk. The victory we've been promised through Christ is available to us and we don't have to enter 2019 feeling discouraged. I remember there was one New Year's Eve and I was pregnant with our fourth kid and everyone was talking about big plans they had for the year and I knew that my whole year would be keeping a newborn alive and taking care of the needs of children and I was pretty glum about it. It didn't seem very exciting and I think that it took time for God to realign my perspective with what he was doing. And so my prayer is that you will just feel that victory, even victory that God has given us over death itself. And Priscilla shares shares a little bit about the grief process and what it looks like for her um, and how we don't have to compare, don't have to compare our stories with others, don't have to compare our journeys, don't even have to compare our grief, that God is uniquely giving each of us a story and to follow his plan for us in ministry and motherhood. Before we get to that conversation, there's something super exciting I need to tell you about. And as a good friend, I need to share this with you. If you don't know, I have shared in the past my favorite biblically-based parenting resource, Connected Families. Jim and Lynn Jackson came out to Dallas. We recorded a couple live events with them. They've been on the show multiple times. Well, they are opening up a new version of their Discipline That Connects online course. What is that? So if you're a parent and you are struggling in discipline, it feels like you want to train your children, but every time you try to, it's more division and heartache, and it's not even worth it sometimes. Well, Jim and Lynn are here to help you hold grace and truth in balance, to hold the line of what's expected and still have a connection with your kids. They have this Connected Families framework, and they're going to work you through it through eight sessions of the online course. They're 30 minutes each session. So if you plan out once a week in February and March to watch a 30-minute session, you will be through the course by the end of March. Uh, And it's going to be moderated in February and March. So if you watch a video and then you try one of the methods and it's you have a question about it, you can go on to the interactive course and a moderator will answer your questions and other parents who are working through it, you can chat with them. If you want to sign up, you go to connectedfamilies.org. And as a Don't Mom Alone listener, Jim and Lynn and their team are offering you $20 off the course. If you use... The words Don't Mom Alone, all together, Don't Mom Alone, as a coupon code, you get that $20 off and you get the course forever. Yes, it's moderated in February and March, but you get access forever. So if you want to go back and rewatch videos, and those of you that have purchased it in the past, you get access to this 
version for free since you've already bought the course before which is awesome. If you're looking for more accountability, we created a while ago a Facebook group for those who signed up and you can just let me know that you are joining the course and I will add you to that Facebook group. Because then if you kind of forget to watch some of the videos or you forgot that you signed up for the course, you might see it pop up in your Facebook feed that someone watched session four and it's helping them with their kid in a certain way and you're like, oh yeah, I signed up for a discipline that connects and it's just a little reminder. So it's go to connectedfamilies.org, use Don't Mom Alone to get $20 off and see your discipline be transformed and connect with your kids. All right, let's get to my chat with Priscilla. Here we go. Hey, Priscilla. Welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you. Man, okay. You are kind of killing it on all the things with the ministry. I don't know about that. (laughs) The ministry and the boys and... You know, so many women are watching from afar and wondering about how you do this life. I remember back when I saw you first speak, you talked about your boys and they were little. So take us back. Like, how did you get started speaking and writing and doing these things as a mom? Did you start before you had kids? Yeah, yeah, I did. It was when I was in college, when I started feeling the Lord kind of steering my heart toward ministry. And of course, at the time, I had no idea what that would mean. I thought, you know, I taught a Bible study at SMU University while I was in seminary and graduate school. And I thought that basically that's what I was going to do is, you know, teach little Bible studies or just serve, you know, locally somehow. So I was doing that. And then basically, (laughs) the invitations to keep speaking never stopped. So that's kind of how I got to where I am now. It was never a strategy or a plan. It's still that way. People ask us, do we have a plan (laughs) for the next 10 years? And it's like, no, we're just sort of going like, okay, God, what's next? Yeah. And that's really how writing came along too, or film or really just whatever. It was the, you know, publisher calling when I was 24 and saying, hey, we heard this message, think it would be great in writing. And I said, you got to be kidding me. No way. I'm not a writer. And they said, we think you could do it. And so I kind of gave that a try as we felt the Lord leading in that direction. And, you know, that was 15, 16, 17 books ago. Mm. And um, same thing with video-driven Bible studies. Lifeway called one day, you know, now 12 years ago and said, we really would love to, you know, do a Bible study with you, a video-driven Bible study. And I said, no way. Isn't that what Beth Moore does? There's no (laughs) way I'm doing that. (laughs) And then... It was my husband, actually, that time that said, you know, I really feel like it's because you think you can't that God might actually want to use you to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of launched in, and and that was, you know, a dozen Bible studies ago. And um, even with film, it's, you know, the, the guys that were doing War Room called me out of the blue one day and said, we're writing this character, and every time we write lines for her, we're thinking, well, what would Priscilla say? Hmm. So after writing this whole film, we just felt like we'd call you and ask you if you'd actually say them on screen. <laughs> and I said, no way. Are you kidding? Yeah, There's that's no terrifying. way in the world I'm going to do that. You know, totally yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And um, then again, you know, it's the same thing when I saw the script, they told me to pray about it. And I could clearly see, you know, as anyone who's seen War Room now can attest to, it, it isn't just a movie, it's ministry. Mm-hmm. And so the bottom line of you know, the long way to answer your question is I've just kept walking 
through the doors that the Lord has opened for me to do what I said I was going to do when I was 20, and that is to minister to people, to bring glory to his name, and to draw people closer to him. And so then, of course, along the way, at 24, I married Jerry, and um, then we started having our children when I was around 28. And neither one of us, you know, at the time I had probably just written one book and life, you know, hadn't done any Bible studies. There certainly were no, was no film. So it was kind of like we were just going, okay, Lord, whatever you got. Hmm. And I started having these babies. So then I I remember very vividly sort of looking at the Lord. I still look at him quite (laughs) frequently and go, now what now? What are you saying you want me to do here? Could you have figured this out like at a different time period where I'm raising my kids in one stage and then doing full-on ministry like this in another? Wouldn't that have been better, Lord? (laughs) And I remember even Heather wrestling through that, you know, with new babies, wrestling through that. Lord, what is this supposed to look like? Because I was a stay-at-home mom in my head. And so the fact that this looks a little bit different you know, please confirm for me that this is what you want for our life. Otherwise, I'm so happy to say no to it all and stay home. And he knew my heart in that and that I was serious about that. And then just sort of answered me very, very clearly. And the way he did that was by sending uh, my mother-in-law, who the first years of our marriage, she was in Alabama taking care of her mother. But then when her mother passed away, she moved back to Dallas. And she wanted a house as near as she could get to us Hmm. so she could be with her grandkids. And literally for the past 16, 17 years that I have been raising children and balancing our life together in this way, she has been a professional grandmother. I mean, it's like the Lord just sent, laid it on her heart that this was who she should be for this season of life. And she loves it and we love her. So she has traveled with us. She has... Um, just been with us. And basically she was God's answer to me that I've got you. I've got you. You keep prioritizing your family, but as you prioritize me, I promise you, I will fill in the gaps. And so we've just kind of been going with that for the past 20 years of our marriage. (laughs) That's amazing. And how old is your oldest now? He's 16. Mm. Yeah. So it's just a continual juggling act. I think we tend, Heather, to look at other women and go, oh, man, they've got that all together. Yeah. I wish my life could be balanced like yeah, that. Yeah, right. And no, 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 no. It's a continued matter of going, okay, what? What's next? Okay, who grew up a year and they're in a new sport now and this one's taking on something else and this one's got, now got a challenge in school. And I mean, it's the constant realigning of our life to God's plan for us in this season because it keeps changing as the new seasons roll in. So much of what you said, I know, is an encouragement to someone who's listening of almost there are times, you know, when we're hustling and we're trying to make something happen that maybe we need to just hold back on. But sometimes God's asking us to step into something and it feels scary and risky and it's not matching what our friends are doing. And God, are you really in this? And so to hear your words of of non-hustle, but like letting God lead the way and showing you the next step and expanding those boundaries for you. And then him giving that gift Mm -hmm. of your mother-in-law, which that's amazing in so many ways, the legacy that's getting passed down, even in her life to have value in those years when a lot of grandparents can feel kind of cast aside. Um, I think that's beautiful, beautiful to just trust God in all those things. Absolutely. And so, okay. So 16 year old, then you have two more. How old are they? 
I do. 14 years old and then 10. And my oldest two are like six foot two inch tall. So I can, you know, I think people assume that I'm like sitting on a mountaintop and praying and fasting about messages all the time. But no, I'm actually doing laundry and trying to figure out new ways to cook chicken for dinner because they eat incessantly. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. (laughs) And and feeding your new dog and doing I mean, taking care of all the things, all the things, all the things. That's right. And you have in this period of time, too, you said the movies keep coming and you have a new one coming out that you're a part of. What's that one called? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be called Overcomer. It comes out August 2019. So, you know, later this year, it's going to be a summer film that we hope will really be a great follow up to War Room and just the connectivity that that film had with people in terms of inspiring them and challenging them in prayer. This one is going to challenge them and really help to recenter all of our attention on what our identity is, who we're supposed to be as believers, mm-hmm. and um, that whatever we allow to define us is going to take precedent in our life. We're going to find our treasure in it. And if we root it in something temporal, if you root your identity in something that is not eternal, you're going to find yourself very disappointed, frustrated, and disoriented um, in your life. You won't be firmly anchored. So it's a film about identity, about who we are, whether black, white, male, female, or anything um, in between in terms of ethnicity or whoever we are, that all of our humanness is brought under the authority of Christ Jesus and our identity in him. Mm, Yes. We're putting that on the calendar. (laughs) I I will receive all of that. That's very good. And then I saw you sharing something about Prince Warrior gift set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Prince Warriors. Man, I've had so much fun with this yes. whole series. It, it's a series, Heather, that I wrote for my sons. And it wasn't like books I was writing. I was just writing these little chapters and reading them to my boys. So man, this is 10 years ago when I first started to think about the storyline. And the whole point was because one of my kids asked me about, you know, would they be in a battle with Satan ever? And at the time he was four. And he said, will I ever be in a battle with Satan? You know, we're like making scrambled eggs. <laughs> and I looked up for my scrambled eggs that morning at him, this four-year-old, saying that, asking that question. And I just, you know, every now and then when your kid says something to you that really just jolts you deep down, hmm. and you're trying to figure out why, what is my four-year-old thinking about, or what is the Lord doing in his life if this is even a question that it would cross his lips or yeah. his mind? Yeah. And so I took the opportunity to just begin to tell him that he is in a battle, actually, every single day with a very real enemy, and that he has armor to stand against the schemes of the enemy. And I opened up to Ephesians 6, and at that point, my six-year-old had wandered into the room. My youngest was just a baby in the crib at that time. It was a six-year-old and a four-year-old. And I showed him in the Bible. I was like, look, you have a sword of the Spirit. You have a shield of faith. You've got a helmet of salvation. And I remember their eyes were so wide. Because, you know, at four years and six years old, this is the season of life where you're wearing a cape to the grocery store. I mean, you're all about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's your whole life. Mm -hmm. So they were so excited about this thought that they had armor they were carrying around all day long to defeat the schemes of an enemy. And as I was having that conversation with them, I had this thought, I thought, wouldn't it be really cool if there was a epic adventure filled story, you know, fiction story that had woven within it this theological principle and the nuances of the armor of God so that they don't really know overtly that that's what they're learning, but they are. Yeah. And um, I just sort of tucked that away. And um, 
later on, I was reading with my son for school and he really, my oldest son really struggles with reading comprehension. Mm -hmm. So we were struggling through a book and I remember that it happened to be a book that was epic. And because it was epic, even though he was struggling, the adventure of the book kept him intrigued. And all of a sudden in that moment, it was like this connection was made. What if there was an adventure book just like this one? but that had the spiritual principles that I was thinking about over those scrambled eggs mm. uh, the other day. Mm. And so I just immediately started crafting these little characters based loosely on my boys and nieces and nephews. And then I would write little short chapters to read to my own sons before bed. And I just did that over the course of months and years. I would just write a new chapter when I could and read it to them. And eventually here we are 10 years later and that series is the Prince Warrior series. It's a, it was a trilogy. We added a sequel now, so it's a four-book uh, series. And man, I have heard from 18-year-olds as well as 10-year-olds who have devoured this series. And then their parents who have said to me, man, at the dinner table, we started talking about spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. which we have we had no idea how to tackle that topic with our kid. But mm-hmm. this book made them ask us a question that helped us to introduce to them the very real and concerning topic of spiritual warfare. Mm. I've read the first one with my second son that I was home with a lot last year. So we had time yeah. and uh, oh, cool. <laughs> loved it. Loved, loved, loved That's it. So great. I mean, he's one that's so glad that, to hear that. Like your oldest, the epic adventures and the, you know, the sci-fi elements to it really capture their yeah. attention. And then, like you said, it's kind of burying those spiritual truths in there that sometimes resurface in the most random times. Uh, and then yeah. also just these conversations we get to have because of them. So that's amazing. I know my mom, too. She lived with us last year. She mentioned your Armor of God study, the prayer one that she said has transformed how she prays every day. And she does. She sits wow. on there with her cards and she, I see your little... Uh, shield on there. I mean, she's got like the prayer <laughs> cards out. So if someone's listening and you're like, I want, you know, I want to learn even more about what God has given us to fight that spiritual battle. Y'all need to check out that study because yeah, I remember as a kid, my dad teaching me that we had those tools and I would pray them every day. And it is empowering, especially if fear or anxiety or a thing for you to kind of going back to that overcomer movie. Mm-hmm to hold on to that victory we can claim as a follower of Jesus and the tools that he's given us uh, in that battle. Yeah, that's so amazing. Mm -hmm. I need to get the next three books. We got to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) We got to keep going. I hope they'll be a blessing to you. Oh, they will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, reading out loud, that's the time when I can get those boys quiet. (laughs) Yeah. They're wiggly, but they're quiet. So in all of this time, like going back to, you know, writing the books, I love that you were taking what was going on in your life and your boys and inviting them in. And it's part of who you are. What have been the hardest things, though, of doing this dance? Because there are a lot of moms that listen that are they're doing the the mom thing and they're doing the outside the home thing. And and I know that they would appreciate, you know, just encouragement or to know that they're not alone in it in the hard parts. Yeah. So what encouragement would you give her if she, as she's struggling and, you know, or even share a little bit of your story of what has been challenging with that? Yeah. Well, the reality is 
that the hardest thing is letting your story be your story. That's mm-hmm. been the hardest thing for me is that my life wasn't going to look like my expectations of what it was going to look like. Cause I had no intention of being in ministry in this capacity. I didn't plan for this at all. And then navigating that without comparing my reality to others. It was really my sister, Crystal, who freed me up about that. She was like, you know what? Do what you need to do for your family. And so, you know, for a season there, we homeschooled our kids. That was something I didn't even want to do at the time. I was like, that's not, I had never planned um, that. But the Lord, of course, began to turn my heart toward it. And I could see the value of them being not obviously with us, but the value of them seeing ministry all over the world, these places we were getting invited and them being, you know, in close proximity to different kinds of churches with different kinds of styles and even languages in some cases and ministering with us. So, you know, every church we go to, my boys attend one service, but they serve another service or they serve during the conference in some capacity. And so that right there, giving them that was going to look so different. Them traveling, the exhaustion of them being with us. You know, I'm trying to think about what in the world I'm going to speak about. I've got kids in school and, you know, the chaos of somebody was up all night in a hotel room throwing up, all of that. Mm-hmm. And saying, okay, Lord, but if this is what our family dynamic needs to look like in this season to best honor you in our family, that's what I'm going to do, even though it looks so different than what my expectation was for my life. So kind of just giving myself a break and being amongst friends who gave me a break. In other words, they weren't holding the standard of their family to what my family should look like. Yeah. Them cheerleading me in my own dynamic is so valuable. And I would encourage that for women who are struggling through is to don't let your expectations make you disappointed and frustrated about your reality. Just do what works for you. If that means that you're using a crock pot most days and not making these gourmet meals that everybody else has got up on Instagram, girl, use the crock pot. You know, if you've got to get frozen pizza and that's what works for your family, give yourself a break. Do that. You know, if you've got to get somebody to come in once every other week or once a week if you have the resources to help you do the stuff that honestly makes you feel ill-equipped as a mother because you saw your mom do all that stuff and why can't you do it too? Listen, give yourself a break. Yeah. So that's been the hardest thing for me, relaxing my expectations and then just making sure I'm circling myself with people who are cheerleading us in our unusual dynamic instead of people whose very presence makes me feel judged or makes me feel like I'm sort of in the wrong for the way Jerry and I have chosen to live our lives. I'm going to jump in here and agree with Priscilla. I mean, do what you have to do. Give yourself a break. If you need to use the crock pot or the Instapot or whatever the pot to cook food for your family, do it. But I want to share with you one of this month's sponsors, Prep Dish, as a way to give you a break and still hold up your values of healthy eating and being together as a family. Prep Dish is this awesome subscription meal planning service. I use it for our family. They send me an email. I get the meal plan, the grocery list, the prep instructions, how to cook the dishes, all in one PDF. And I either pull it up on my phone or print it off. And it was so awesome. We were gone for two weeks eating all the things over the holiday season. I really haven't been cooking the last week. And here I am coming into Dallas and I was able to just pull up that email, 
with the grocery list, add different items to Alexa that I want to buy. And then when we pulled in, I just went straight to the grocery store, filled up the fridge with healthy food, and I am set and ready for this week to feed them healthy food. We're going to have balsamic salmon. We're going to have mustard chicken legs with Brussels sprouts and fingering potatoes. And I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to search Pinterest and look for all the recipes. They did all the work for me. If you want to try it out for free for two weeks, go to prepdish.com forward slash DMA. And these gals are going to let you get two weeks of meal plans straight into your inbox. It's great. I have been loving it. The boys have been eating things they may not have tried before and now they think are awesome and are asking for them again. So if you want to check it out, again, go to prepdish.com forward slash DMA and get those two weeks for free. All right, let's get back to my chat with Priscilla. Here we go. Well, I know having witnessed it, you all have a tight group just in your family. I mean, I'll invite Crystal somewhere and wouldn't you know, y'all show up. Everybody, everybody, all the kids, all the brothers. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody, the whole tribe. tribe, And I love it. And I love that y'all had built in that group that's going to support you and love you and and pitch in when something comes up or y'all are for each other. And totally. loving each other's kids to the point that they're like brothers instead of cousins. So I have totally. witnessed that. Yeah. It's not a pretend thing. Y'all are there for each other. And I know one of those <laughs> core people for you. I try to be. <laughs> you do a great job. Uh, I know one of those core people for you is our dear friend Winter and your cousin. And mm-hmm. I know this has been, I, I've, I've experienced loss and you know that. And then I know this has been awful. It's just awful. And mm-hmm. y'all are yeah. so brave to get up in front of an audience. I know you were raised in, as being on stage with your dad, being who he is, but to get up there and share your grief less than 24 hours later and process that in a real way for everyone, I know has been such a ministry that was unintentional. But how has your grief process been since that? We all do it uniquely, but being in a ministry role yeah, and processing grief and you're supposed to be on for everyone and pouring out to everyone and writing books and still being a mom, like how have you made space or how has your grief looked? You know, um, it's a very interesting question because I'm bent toward optimism. I'm bent toward moving forward despite difficulty. And not at the expense of processing my emotion. It's hard for me to answer that question because I will only have just these moments where the reality of, of winter's passing hits me. And it, it, you know, I feel a sense of pause. Like, I'm just like, oh, man, I felt that one right there. Mm. As the Christmas season rolls toward me, I can feel it even more because this was our season. I mean, this is when we... We're on the phone chatting about who's getting what for what kids so we could align some of what the kids were getting across the board with the cousins um, so they could enjoy it together. And, you know, we would go shopping together and have coffee together and go to the movies together. And this was us Christmas season. So I'm feeling that gut thing a little bit more. But at the same time, I have to say, I feel overwhelmingly encouraged because I automatically go toward, and again, I I know that this is partly just my personality, but I automatically go towards the hope that we have in Christ. And I don't want to over-spiritualize it, but for me, you asked about it for me. For me, I automatically think, girl, I'm going to see you again real soon here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I automatically just go to thanking 
God for the hope that we have in him. Like, I can't imagine people that experience this and have no hope that this is not it, that that 38-year-old girl losing her life suddenly is not actually the end of the line. To have that happen, and there's no deep-rooted anchor of the victory we have in Jesus, I I don't even know how in the world you would make it through that. But because I have that, it really does anchor me in a way that I can sincerely say um, has kept me solid, has kept me encouraged, has kept me, of course, missing her, but not letting that missing pull me down so far that I can't keep moving forward with a smile on my face and encouragement about the future. Yeah, it is so true. When you go through this, you're like, how? How do people process this if that in their belief system, this is the end? Because winter is coming. Jonathan did such a good job with that. I'm going to post all this stuff. Well, you know what's so interesting is the sequel of the Prince Warrior series is called The Winter War. Oh, my goodness. It came out one month before Winter passed away. Mm. And, you know, of course, we had started writing that a year before. And even I remember sitting at the table with my publishers to discuss title and we had a list of titles written on a um, big, you know, pad on the wall. And Winter War was a part of that list, but it, it was almost crossed off. In fact, I think it was several times. But then we kept coming back to it. And, and at one point, we had to cross it off for sure because I think there was an Avenger movie that had just come out with that name. So, I mean, even to that extent, we were against it. But I just kept feeling drawn to it. I kept looking at it. And going, there's just something about that that resonates with a story I would want to tell. And so we we decided on it, despite some people's feelings that it might not be best, we decided on it. And the book itself, the whole series is about them fighting the schemes of the enemy. And since this was the last book in the series, we were like, what is one of the main things that Christ has given us victory over? And that's death. Hmm. So in the fourth book. It is really about the loss of someone the Prince Warriors love, but how winter is not the end. It really just is a transition to a new beginning. Hmm. So a Hmm. month before winter passes away, this book comes out called The Winter War. That is all about the victory that our God has over death. Hmm. And there are thousands of stories like that surrounding what is a tragic event of God's grace and his yeah. provision. What were the totally. names of the books that she just finished writing? Like the day of. Oh, yeah. I Am she Yours, finished, I think. Yeah, she finished one on, on marriage. Yeah, I Am Yours, and then another one on marriage that actually they turned in that morning. Oh, my goodness. Um, so <laughs> there was such a intensity in her writing over the past four years. She produced 10 books in four years with no striving, little effort. No, I say that loosely. Of course, it's effort, but no striving. She just would sit and write what God had had on her heart. I wish I could give people uh, like this big overview of the four years, because you would see this girl who was not stressed about it. She wasn't put out by it. She wasn't going to let herself stay up all night to complete it. She was like, you know what? I'll do the best I can and honor God. And I think because she wasn't striving and trying to be somebody and get a whole lot of Instagram followers and strategize for and market for success, she was just honoring what God was laying on her heart to write specifically for younger 
women and then in the end for marriage as well. The Lord just sort of, I think, fast-tracked the ministry he wanted to do through her. Who writes 10 books in four years <laughs> while they're raising four little girls? Yeah, and with even with her motherhood. I mean, she was doing that as a sacrifice at the beginning. I know. I've heard her speak on it. I've heard you use her as an example. Totally. And I am in awe, too. I remember getting her call saying, okay, I feel like God's saying I need to homeschool this one. And this was the year leading up mm-hmm. to when she passed. And I, I just can't help but think. That That's was the right. one that needed all that special time, that moment. And I, I just you got that right. Yep. So many things that don't make logical sense yeah. sometimes in our life that we feel God assigning us to and just trusting him for the resources to make it happen. And so I thank you for sharing your journey in that with us totally. even today and like and reminding us of winter. And and I do love that your grief uh, is going to be unique to you and your outlook and um, how that's okay too. You know what I mean? Like the waves yeah. of grief yeah. do come for us all and we all process them differently and we don't have to compare grief. Um, there's freedom in that. So yeah, like you're saying, don't compare in your, in your mom journey. Don't compare in your grief journey. It's like That's right. know how yeah. God made you and what he's assigning you to and keep your eyes fixed on him. That's perfect, Heather. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you taking a second. You and I both had basketball tournaments today. We're just fitting this in. We love our boys. <laughs> yes, we do. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad. Seriously, I'm glad it worked out. I'm so thankful for her. I am thankful that God made her the way she is to have that positivity, to trust him and what he called her to do for him to provide for her, whatever God is directing you to do. I remember when we were called to homeschool one or two of our boys for just a year and it didn't make logical sense. I was just coming off um, of a hard year. And yet I can see now why God directed us that way. And maybe you're making some decisions going into this next year when you're wondering, is it the right thing? Because your friends aren't doing it. And I hope that this gave you confidence and who God is and the victory he's claimed for you. This episode is actually releasing on the two-year anniversary of the loss of my dad. And just like Priscilla said, and I said, this grief process is so uniquely personal. And it's just ebbs and flows, and the waves of grief will surprise you. Sometimes your body knows before your mind even remembers that it's some anniversary and um, or, you know, a season, you know, with that hope of victory that we have that Christ conquered death. Um, And even knowing that I'll see my dad again, I know that I still had some bitterness that God had to heal in me. And if you're in that place where you know that you'll see that person again, you know that maybe they were a believer and you know you'll see them again, but you're still so wrecked with grief, know that that's okay. Uh, I was reminded when I was in Israel in the Mount of Olives, I've shared this before, but I was sitting there and I was remembering uh, Jesus as he wept knowing that he had to go to the cross, asking God for that cup to pass him. And he knew he would rise again. He knew the good things that were coming, and yet he still grieved. So know that that God's okay with that, that he's okay that if you know the hope and you're still having the heartache, those can mix together, and it's okay. So I also wanted you to know that you can always find me over on Instagram and Facebook at Don't Mom Alone. Uh, Make sure you sign up for those weekly show notes. 
Uh, if you go to don'tmomalone.com, there's a place to sign up and make sure you tell Gmail to see my messages. Add me to your contacts, info at don'tmomalone or heather at don'tmomalone.com um, because I have some fun things coming up and I don't want you to miss them because you're not following me over on social media. I'm thinking of adding some special trainings for you young moms. In my former life, I was a speech language pathologist and I specialized in zero to three child development. I've taught at a university. I've had my own private practice. And I was thinking that one way I could help you not mom alone is to come alongside you and help you successfully connect with your toddler and help you figure out what's normal. If you need to seek more help, how to help you know what to say and how you for them to listen. Um, I know y'all email me. How do I get my toddler to listen? And all of that can be so frustrating. And I'd love to share what I already know. I mean, I got a degree in it. I might as well help y'all out. So I'm going to be working on that now that I'm back in town and I have some time. The boys will go back to school. So keep your eyes peeled because I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about how God's going to use what he's already um, gifted me in and given me expertise in to kind of come alongside y'all and answer some questions that I get from you a lot. All right, stay tuned on that. And thanks again to Priscilla and to y'all. I'm looking forward to this 2019. Next week, I'm actually bringing on uh, two gals who run a sleep training company. So stay tuned for that. So many of you young moms are looking for help in that. And I figured that I could connect you with those people. Um, we also just have uh, Susan Stable. The, I don't know if that's you. I'm going to have to figure out how to say her name. The Enneagram expert. She is coming on the show. I'm going to interview her this month. So many exciting things coming your way. I can't wait. We're going to have Paul David Tripp on again. It's going to be good. 2019. I'm super pumped. So stick around. Always let me know where you're listening tag me on Instagram, Facebook. Let me know what God's doing in your life. Um, humbled to be a part of your day. Thanks for listening. Adios. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, he said when he left, he was gonna leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that is super power. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present and with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.